Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. We are continuing in Colossians today. We're in Colossians chapter 1. In the early church, they were constantly facing challenges. Um, I don't know if you guys have been around churches today, but we kind of still face challenges. Uh, But one of the challenges they especially faced in the early church that we still come up against today um, is they would come in and they would preach the gospel and they would say, this, this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus has done for us. You can have new life in Jesus. You're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, to the glory of God alone. And here it is. And people would come to faith in Christ. A church would be formed. They would start. There would be a new church there. They would be telling their friends. More people would be coming to faith. And this is kind of how the gospel spread. But what would almost always happen is shortly after that, another group would come in and they would say, yeah, Jesus is great, but there's this other thing too. So like, so yes, Jesus, we, we don't argue about Jesus, but you also need this or you need to do this. And one of those things that, that came in was a philosophy known as Gnosticism. And what Gnosticism taught was Hey, when you die, you don't just, because you have faith in Jesus, you don't just go to be with him, like we see in scripture. No, there's a series of uh, like gates. And to get through each gate, there's a question. And if you know the answer to that question, then you pass through that gate and you go on to the next gate. And so in your life, you really need to strive to get all these answers to these questions so that you're ready for after you die to make it through all the gates. They also believe that all, everything physical and material was evil and knowledge was the thing that was good and pure. And, uh, and so uh, that's what, what this group would teach. So they would come in and they would mix this in with Christianity So you would take solid biblical teaching and you mix it in with falsehood. And what do you get? Heresy. And that's what we can still come up against in the church today. Is anytime you hear somebody saying Jesus plus something, let me tell you, Jesus plus anything equals nothing. That is void. That is empty. That is worthless. But this one with Gnosticism had come to Colossae. And so as Paul is, is writing this book, he's writing it, writing it to the Christians there in Colossae who had come to faith in Jesus, um, not by Paul teaching them, but by Epaphras. Um, and so the, their, their pastor, Epaphras, had come to them. He had taught them the, the true gospel. And then all of a sudden, this other teaching started coming in. And, and so when that, that happened, Epaphras went to Paul and he, he found where Paul was, which most likely Paul is in prison at this point. And he goes to Paul and he's like, I need help, man. Like the, the good news of Jesus is at stake. The church, his God's people are being led astray by this false teaching. And so that's part of Paul's reason 
in writing this book. And what we see here in our, our passage for today is how Paul starts to tell them how he's praying for them. And even in how he's praying for them, we can see him starting to confront these, this false teaching. This false teaching that'll take a little bit of truth and then they'll twist it. And so Colossians starting uh, in chapter one, verse nine, it says this. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge. What we're Gnostics after? Knowledge. So Paul's, he's getting to the truth and he's meeting them on the falsehood terms with the knowledge, not just of these answers to get through the gates, but with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So what does Paul want them to get? He wants them, and, and I would say he would want for us too, uh, to get to be filled with the knowledge of the will and spiritual wisdom of God. Knowledge of the will of God. That's, that's what we should be striving to fill our heads with, not trying to figure out obscure philosophical questions. But we should be filling our, our heads with the knowledge of the will of God. So Paul starts telling them this, and he's, that he's telling them, that, hey, he's praying for them. He's praying that they'll be filled with knowledge. So at this point, the, the Gnostics would be saying, yeah, yeah, we want knowledge. We want to be filled with knowledge. We want the knowledge to, to, to get on. That's what we need. But then he goes on and he says, hey, what I'm praying for is that you're filled with the knowledge of God's will. Of all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He's saying, hey, it's possible to have all spiritual wisdom and understanding. It isn't just about finding the right answers to the right questions. No, it's not about that. It's about... Knowing the will of God. Theologians have helped us when it comes to understanding when scripture talks about the will of God, that there's different ways that this term is used in scripture, okay? And so sometimes when it talks about the will of God, it's talking about um, the things that God decrees that are going to happen. So God being sovereign um, when he says, this is what's going to happen, it can be said that was his will because it happened. So that, that's when we talk about the decreed will of God. Um, there's uh, other ways that it's used in scripture where it talks about, the, there's the decreed will of God, and that's the things that, that he says, this is what's going to happen, and it happens. But then there's also the revealed will of God. And the revealed will of God is the things that we see in scripture, where God says this is how my world should work. This is how I would like for you to live. Don't do these things. Do do these things. Does that mean that that's always what happens? Obviously not. But when we talk about uh, the general will of God, um, or another way of, of saying that um, is the, uh, the special will of God, we talk about the things that he's revealed in scripture that this is what I want to have happen. And there's one other will of God that we also talk about as Christians. And that's in the context of a specific will of God. So we have his general will in the scriptures where he's laid out, this is how I want things to go. But then as Christians, sometimes we want to know, well, in this specific situation, in this specific circumstance, God, what is your will? 
God, show us your will in this time and this place. Anybody ever prayed that? Yeah. Um, and so when we, when we pray that and we're, we're looking for that, I think what Paul is getting at here is, is a bit of that, but I think it's even more of the general will of God. Because I think what Paul is praying for them is that they will know God's word and know how he has revealed himself. And so, so in that, as God has, has revealed himself in that way, um, we should know that when it comes to God's special will for like a certain circumstance or a certain situation, he's, his will is not going to contradict his general will. Let me give you some illustrations. I do not think there is ever a time where God's will in a specific situation is going to be for you to have an affair. I don't think that there's going to be a time where, where God's will is for you to go murder someone. Okay? And those are the extremes, but if we can take that principle of like for hopefully, hopefully, for most of us, those are just kind of like, yeah, no brainer, Wayne. Yeah, like tell us something we don't know. Uh, hopefully that's where you're at. But if we take that same principle and that same understanding and we apply it to the rest of scripture, then as it comes to figuring out what God's will is for me in this specific situation, it's going to really, really, really help if I know what his general will is. If I know what he's revealed in his word that, hey, here's, here's what my will is. Here's how I want you to live. Here's how I want you to act. And so the more you have this in your life and the more you're letting it work in your life, then the more that's going to trickle down into your decision making, into your everyday um, circumstances. So much so that, that sometimes when it's, as you grow in your faith and as you grow in your knowledge of the will of God, as he prays here, that things that maybe used to would have been a big decision, a, a hard decision, a, a thing you really had to wrestle with, a thing you, you were really praying about, God, show me what to do here. But after you've grown in your faith and you've walked with the Lord for a while, you come to that same situation. You're like, this is a no-brainer. Like, I, I know exactly what God wants me to do here. I, I, might, I might still not want to do it, but I know exactly what God wants me to do here. And so as we come to talking about the will of God, that's just a little, little snippet of that. But God's specific will in a situation will never go against his general will, which is expressed in scripture. He won't contradict himself. You say, okay, Wayne, that's a lot for you to get out of that little verse. Can you really back that up? Yeah, let's keep going. All right, verse number 10. So once he's praying for them for the knowledge of the will of God and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, he goes on and here's, here's what comes from that. When you have that in your life, here's, here's what follows from that in his prayer. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. When you have, when you know the will of God, it's going to affect the way that you live bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 
And so what Paul is praying here, he's praying that, hey, when you are filled with the knowledge of his will, then we're going to be able to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We're also, we're going to be able to bear fruit that's in keeping with his spirit. But not only that, we will continue to increase in the knowledge of God. Did you catch that? After he's prayed that they're filled with the knowledge of God, he, part of the, the ripple effect of that is you want more of it. And that as you know his word, you're going to want more of his word. As you see his word living out in your life and affecting your life, then it's going to affect you more. And you're going to like, yeah, I got, I got to get more of that. I want more of that. I want, I want increasing in my life. And what that leads to is that we're strengthened with all power. And all of this will lead to endurance and patience with joy. So let's break those down first. Knowledge of God's will should always lead to change in the way we live. If we come to his word and we put it in and it stays up here and it's just in your head, and you might be somebody that can quote this thing front to back, but it hasn't changed the way you live, then that's empty, that's void. That's, that's good for nothing. Because knowledge of God's will should always lead to change in the way that we live. To walk in a manner worthy of him and fully pleasing to him. Is that your desire? Do you want to live your life in a way that's pleasing to God? I hope so. I do. The only way to know how to do this is to know his will. The main way to know his will is through his word. And what are you going to do when you're doing that? Is, is you're also going to bear fruit in every good work. When you're living a life pleasing to God, that's a life that's going to have good stuff coming from it. Um, we actually were talking about this verse. Uh, this weekend, our elders had a little retreat where we were seeking the Lord um, for vision and, and wisdom for, for next year and where he's taken us as a church. And i uh, excited to share more of that with you guys later on. Um, but uh, we, we talked about this, this passage a little bit. And and our, the first place our, our brains went as we talked about the fruit that comes from our life is, is the fruit of the Spirit that we see in Galatians. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So that's, and, and that's a fine application. Scripture definitely teaches that for the Christian life, that is fruit that should be coming from your life. It's in Galatians 5. But I think here, Paul might be praying about something a little different than just that. Because I think that when you're living a life that brings glory to the king, that life is going to bear fruit that brings more glory to the king. And what I mean by that is, is I think when you lived a, a changed life in Jesus Christ, that changed life is going to lead others to want to have the same. And I think part of the fruit of the Christian life is seeing the gospel spread to more and more people. And so I think Paul here, when he's praying this for them, he's praying that the true fruit of the gospel will be manifest and coming from the Colossians, not this mess of the Gnosticism. He's wanting the, the truth to be, be going forward. And when that's happening, more people are coming to faith in Jesus. 
more coming to him and, and, and finding out the good things that are in Jesus Christ. So the fruit of the life of the Christ follower is the fruit of the kingdom coming from the good works we do in Christ's name. And so that, that is part of the Christian life. We do good works. Scripture is also clear, good works do not save us. But we do them because we are saved. Because God has worked in our life, because we have come to Jesus, then there is a difference. And we want to live that out. We want to see that happen. And then I kind of already hit on this, this point, but, but he goes on with, and it's going to be increasing in the knowledge of God. To know God's word is to always be growing and wanting more of it. The most astute biblical theologians I've known who have studied the word for 80 years plus all will tell me I'm always learning more from it. Because God's word is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. And even as you read it, you can, if you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you, that Holy Spirit, he will come and he will, he will take even a verse that maybe you have read a million times. And he'll show you something new out of it. He'll show you how it relates to your current circumstance. He'll show you God's will in your, your specific thing that you're asking about. And so we should always be looking to increase and grow in our knowledge of him and his will. To know God's word is, is to be always growing and wanting more of it. Also, to know God is to know his power. This is where he goes next here. Being strengthened with all power according to the glorious might. Sometimes in the Christian life, it's easy to feel that things are too hard. I'm not strong enough for this. And Paul says in another passage that, that in our weakness, he is made strong. His strength is seen when we are weak. And so Paul is praying for them here that, hey, I pray that you will have the strength and the power of God in your life to carry you through, to help you in these things, to help you along in all of these things. Because to know God is to know his power. But to what end? What does he say that leads to? Remember, this is a man who's sitting in prison for sharing the gospel, awaiting trial, and he's writing these words of how he's praying for other Christians. He's not saying, hey, I'm praying that God might get me out of here. He's saying, hey, this is what I'm praying into your life. Because it's going to produce all endurance and patience with joy. I think Paul is a man that even though because his, his earthly circumstances were not good. He was in a bad situation. But because of this truth, because of what he is praying over them, because he has seen this in his own life work out, he's able to say, yeah, you're, I'm praying you're going to have patience and endurance with joy. And that carries you through. That carries you through everything. No matter your situation, there's a joy and a peace that comes from the power of God in your life. 
that makes your circumstances kind of just fade away. It's like, yeah, this is going on, but I'm okay with it because I know him. I know his power in my life. I know he's at work in my life. And when we've experienced all of that, that should lead us to the same place he goes in verse 12, giving thanks to the father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so Paul's taking them back here. So all of that that I just, I've just covered, all of that is if you're already a Christian. If you already know the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in your life, all of that applies to you. If you're not there yet, this is where you come into the message, okay? So if, if I've been talking over your head this whole time, come in with me right now. Because what, what really matters here for these people is not knowing the right answers to some questions to get some, through, some gate somewhere. What really matters for these people is the fact that the Father has qualified them to share in the inheritance of the saints and the light that he's taken them and he's delivered them from the domain of darkness and transferred them into the kingdom of the beloved son. That's what really matters. That's where the answer is. It's in Jesus. I want to ask you, how many kingdoms are there in the world today? Some of you are on it. You actually were listening to what I just read. There's two. There's the kingdom of darkness where we start. The domain of darkness. That's what we're all born into. But there's a transfer that is possible. And that transfer is from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. The light of the, with the saints the kingdom of, the, of his beloved son. The tricky thing is all of our geopolitical world powers today, I, I'm gonna propose to you probably have some influence from both kingdoms. And so as we look at the world today and things that are happening in the world today and this country's at war with this country and this country's fighting this country and these people hate these people and so on and so forth. It, it's not easy to just divide the line between those and say, well, this, this group's obviously the group of darkness and this group is the group of light. Because Jesus is so powerful and his kingdom is so big that he is working through all peoples, all nations throughout the whole world. And so does he... Is he working in all of these things going on in our world? Absolutely. Is there wrong happening in all of these things? Yes. Do we need to pray for all of these people that are involved? Absolutely. But it's not easy to just say kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light, we're on this side. When it comes to looking at our, our politicians today even in looking at political parties today or candidates and who should, we should vote for as Christians and these kind of things. 
because these two kingdoms are both definitely at work today. They're definitely fighting for their territory. The thing is, as Christians, we know the one who wins. Jesus, when he went to the cross, if you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died on a cross, he was fully dead, and he rose again three days later. If you believe in that, then that is how you get this transfer that Paul is talking about here. This transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light is through faith in Jesus. And if you believe that, then you also know that he has said that, that he's coming back. And he's going to judge the living and the dead. And he's going to make all things right. And so those that are doing evil in our world today will face the consequences of it unless they've come to faith and been forgiven by Jesus. That's our only hope. That's the only place we can go is Jesus. And so I want to ask you today, which kingdom are you a part of? Where, where is your membership? Hopefully, it's the kingdom of light. I hope it's with Jesus. Because being transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the sun is what really matters. We need Jesus. It's where our hope is found. Not in knowing certain answers to certain questions or many of the other things that exist today that people say Jesus plus whatever, fill in the blank. Because all of that is void. Because to say that, that it needs to be Jesus plus anything means that Jesus is not sufficient in your life. To, to say that is to insult Jesus. And so don't say that. And so even as we look at the things that, that we've looked at to start, that, hey, yeah, once we know him, we're going to walk in a manner worthy of him. We're going to want to bring glory to his name. But none of that first part, none of the first half matters if you don't already know him. You need to know him and know the power of his resurrection in order to be made right with God. I'm going to close uh, the sermon out a little different today. I thought it would be cool for us to just take what Paul says he's praying for this church and for us to pray it for our church. And so I'm going to kind of go through this and, and try to pray it over us, if I can. I pray for you. Asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I pray that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. I pray that you will bear fruit in every good work. I pray that you'll continue increasing in the knowledge of God. I pray that you will be strengthened with all power 
according to his glorious might. I pray for you for endurance. I pray for you for in patience. I pray for you that you'll be filled with joy. I, I give thanks to the Father for you. I give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. I thank him that he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. I thank him that in Jesus we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I thank him for all of you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day.